0: semi packing down in green river valley i knew that if you couldn't then no one would have me. lost myself drinking hey this is Adam with Mile High Stash the podcast that asks what five albums you would take to a remote colorado cabin in the event of a zombie apocalypse armed only with food water and a crank powered Victrola um Colorado is covered in snow right now, and it's really cold. Um, I had to spend the night up in Nederland on Saturday after playing a show up there uh, because the roads were so bad, Um, but it sure was beautiful coming down the canyon slowly in the morning. Uh, Today, we have got Eve Panning, violinist or fiddle player, however you want to call it, um, of Big Richard. One of the most exciting young bluegrass bands in the United States last couple of years. Um, Bonnie Sims of Big Richard was one of my first guests on Mile High Stash. And then we also had Emma Rose and Dr. Joy Adams on. So Eve completes the Big Richard Pokemon set, you know. Um, just before we sat down to talk, Eve told me the band was about to announce. the departure of Emma Rose, actually. And it it sounds like, you know, a conscious uncoupling. Um, Emma is on to different things, and Big Richard is on to a debut album coming soon, but not right away, Uh, unfortunately for us who've been waiting for it. But um, I have a conscious uncoupling of my own to announce, actually. What I mean by that is that uh, Mile High Stash is about to take an indefinite hiatus. It's been fun getting to know all the great guests and connect with so many listeners around the world, actually. I was surprised people listening in um, Iceland and um, Poland. And um, I have friends in Belgium and Scotland from touring there and visiting there but i was surprised that some of the places that um mile high stash became <laughs> popular which was really wild but along with all the other work i do um mile high stash really sadly took me away from my partner Michaela and my daughter way too much and uh, prevented things like you know date nights or Weekends. I don't remember what a weekend is really, and it would be nice to do that again with my loved ones. Um, next week, we've got Mark Towns of Kind Hearted Strangers, and then the final guest for the foreseeable future will be Taylor Sims, the awesome Taylor Sims, hopefully wearing a golf outfit. Um, of the Bonnie and Taylor Sims Band and Everybody Loves an Outlaw, whose song I See Red, I'm sure you know. And that episode will air Monday, November 13th. But if you want to attend the live recording of my interview with Taylor Sims, uh, who will also be performing a bunch of songs, head to Spirit Hound Distillery in Lyons Friday night, uh, November 10th. At seven o'clock. It's a free event and should be an awesome night. Um, all right. I will see you on the other side of my chat with Eve Panning of Big Richard. But first, a few words from our sponsor today, the Boulder Roots Music Project. More than
1: The Boulder Roots Music Project believes in the power of music to make the world a better place, and all music starts locally. The Roots Music Project empowers artists and audiences to connect and create a thriving and inspiring local music scene. Based in Boulder, Colorado, the Roots Music Project's mission is to foster a DIY music scene with events such as concerts by local and national musicians, open mics, live interviews, and workshops. Head to rootsmusicproject.org for their event calendar and more information about this great Boulder nonprofit music incubator. Eve Panning. Hi. Where are you from? Um, originally? Yeah. Uh, I'm from Michigan. Michigan. Where in yeah. Michigan? I grew up like 30 minutes west of grand rapids that's kind of the nearest city in Mm a little town called holland Mm -hmm. um right close to lake michigan um it's very like idyllic small town Mm -hmm. um it's funny it's it's like a little beach town in the midwest Mm -hmm. you know michigan has beautiful sandy beaches and yeah that's where i grew up
0: well in the summer in the summer yeah yeah yeah
1: like nine months of the year it's just cold and gray but yeah uh yeah
0: did you come from a musical family
1: i did um i um grew up playing in a family band yeah Uh uh-huh yep um so my mom's dream before any of us were born was to have a family band wow yeah
0: what was the name of your band (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh we're getting into this right yeah, away yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> uh the family band um was called fiddle fire fiddle fire oh That's yeah <laughs> uh-huh yeah
0: and i mean i'm guessing you played the violin on the
1: band i did yeah. yep i played the violin my older brother luke also played the fiddle um mm. and guitar sometimes uh, and then my younger brother josiah was a bass player Wow. And then my mom, who started the band, um, she played rhythm guitar and the hammered dulcimer. Wow. Yeah. Um, And my dad uh, played the bones and recently took up the Cajun accordion.
0: He played the bones? The
1: bones, you know, like the... They used to use rib bones in cattle, like, way back when, but he's got a pair of carved wooden bones wow. that he played.
0: Um. Otis Taylor just was sitting where you're sitting, like, a couple weeks ago, and he just, as an aside, he's like, I played the bones, but then I I learned how to play the, uh, what do they call it, mouth harp. Uh And I didn't say, what are the bones, because he just started talking Uh faster. And (laughs) that's really, does anyone still
1: play that? Uh, My dad.
0: Your dad still plays (laughs) it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm sure people do. I... I can't say, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really seen anyone play the bones, though.
0: Sounds like you, you know. got to bring it in, into the band.
1: I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I have a pair of bones. Well, you have. I don't. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I could, I could see you, um, you gals on stage at, a um, planet bluegrass or something. Yeah. Just when everything gets to a fever pitch. You break out the bones.
1: Uh-huh. All of uh, us bring out the bones. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you call yourself a, a fiddle player or a, a violin player?
1: Um, I just think it really depends on what point of my life I'm talking about or, like, the context. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say at this point I definitely feel like more of a fiddle player um, than a violinist. I grew up playing uh, the classical Classically, yeah. uh, I went to school for, like, I did violin performance in music ed. Mm. Um, so that's definitely a, a really big part of my musical, like, past. But at this point, like, when I first moved to Colorado, I, just for fun, I, like, played in a, I, like, played in a little chamber orchestra. Mm. And I play in some, like, wedding quartets and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, it definitely feels like things are more heavily like fiddle at this point yeah
0: some people say that it's just the instrument you know like the difference between a bass and a doghouse bass is the difference between a fiddle and a violin but then it's stylistic also
1: yeah yeah I definitely I think it's you know it's the same it's the same instrument you can play you can play both styles I might like look for a different sort of a different sound Mm. in the instrument depending on which one yeah like if I'm playing, feel like I'm playing more violin or fiddle, but I, I use the same instrument in both wow. worlds. Yeah.
0: So when did you pick up a violin?
1: Um, I was, I think I was six years old. I, uh, my older brother started playing hmm. the violin. Um, and so I was just insistent that I needed to play the violin too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like every time we would drive past the music store, I asked my mom like is so am I am I getting my violin today and uh and then eventually I did oh. so yeah I was uh-huh. the same
0: way with the drums and when I was nine years old like I guilted my parents so bad all the time because I said that's all I want to do and uh-huh. they were afraid that I'll go down the wrong, the wrong path <laughs>
1: did and, you yeah for sure <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, they probably were afraid of I'd have long hair and tattoos. So uh, like, and there's that. Uh-huh. But then um, on Christmas Eve, um, they played a trick on me. I had me open up all my presents. And I was like, thank you, you mm-hmm. know, and kind of bummed out. And then they said, um, we're going to go to Midnight Mass, but you should go upstairs and get something nice around, and I went up, and this, these, this red drum set was all set up. Oh, wow. No, that was the best.
1: That's just so exciting. Yeah. That when you're nine and have just been dreaming of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So was it easy to learn? Was it something, you know, you felt like it was your calling, and you wanted to pick it up, and then you instantly could play it, or did you go through the squeaky phase?
1: Yeah, oh, I'm sure I went through the squeaky phase, mm. Um but that's... That's why you start when you're six on the violin, because I didn't care as much. Mm. Well, I actually, my parents, I like vaguely remember, I think they got me a violin when I was like four or five, um, and it just like wasn't going so well. Mm. I wasn't, I don't think I was probably ready for it at that point or didn't, didn't have the right teacher. I I don't even remember. Um, and so we put it away for a while and during that time we, uh, moved down to Southern Indiana. and uh, we lived pretty close to Bloomington, and they had the IU Young Violinist Academy down there. Hmm. Um, and so my brother started taking lessons there, and I started taking lessons shortly thereafter. Um, and he'd started playing, like, I think two years prior, and he hmm. was doing the Suzuki Method. Right. Um, and they got me started in the same songs, um, but I'd, I'd just heard them so many times at that point. Yeah. Um, that I, I think I had, I just kind of had a pretty good ear and those songs were in in my head. And so I picked them up pretty quickly. Um, but I just remember at one point I was playing, this was like a modified Suzuki method. So, uh, not to get too into it, but the Suzuki method, they like teach you all by ear. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way they did it at, uh, IU, it was, we would learn to read music at the same time. Um, but again, I'd heard all these songs so much that I was like playing through my, playing through my little song. Um, but the music was like upside down and on the wrong page. <laughs> um, just cause I'd heard my brother do it so often that yeah. I was, I like just picked it up pretty, I think pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but I was not picking up reading music, mm-hmm. uh, just cause I was counting on my ears for all of that. Um, so yeah, I think, I guess I was just so young that I feel like when you start anything that, that young, um, it can come pretty naturally and my mom was definitely really dedicated to us like mm-hmm. doing it right and she sat with us at the piano for hours on end and mm-hmm. you know practice with us and all of that what's it like
0: yeah. for her to see you on stage now
1: um <laughs> I don't know uh I I yeah I think it's I think it's they're probably this is I don't think this is quite what they imagined You know, they imagined you in an orchestra. As as your parents were afraid of you going down the wrong path, I certainly have gone down. I've gone down the wrong path as well. Um,
0: Did they want you to like be in a symphony, or they want to do something else?
1: I don't think so. Uh, They got us started on uh, playing because my mom read a study that playing music would make you good at math. Oh, Um, so I think that was their hope. It didn't work. Yeah, um, horrible at math. (laughs) So that, and she wanted the family band. Um, And then, yeah, I don't think there was, I don't think there was really, they had any plan for my musical future past that. Um, I studied education in school and I I worked as a teacher for about, for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't think the, they saw Big Richard. Yeah, cop, yeah. And the cards really.
0: <laughs> like the penis balloons and No,
1: no, I don't I don't think I don't think that's quite what they pictured yeah. <laughs> all those years ago. <laughs>
0: but they must see you on stage um like even if it's a video like a telly ride or something and uh-huh. just be like, Holy shit, this is a big deal.
1: I don't it's yeah. it's just a world yeah. that they're not I don't think yeah. they're really familiar with yeah. the world that yeah. we didn't grow up going to bluegrass festivals. Right. Oh, um right. We we had the family band, but it was like a very, isolated like insulated yeah thing. We where we like we lived in Southern Indiana for a while, and we started playing. We sort of got into folk music down there, um, and then we moved back to Michigan, and we just yeah. we played a lot of um, contra dances, and we mm. played a lot of ladies' aid societies, and a lot of churches. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, we were. I know you talked to Joy also. Uh, yeah. Joy and I kind of bond over this because we we're both homeschooled mm-hmm. with the family band yeah. uh, and a super religious yeah. background. Um, so it was just—it's just like a different world. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're proud of the playing those big stages and everything. But yeah. it's—I think it's just something that it's kind of out of. Yeah, it's just so different, you yeah. know.
0: So you ended up like going to high school in Michigan.
1: Uh huh. yep
0: And you i'm assuming got more and more serious about the violin yeah
1: yeah yeah, definitely um i yeah i played in i like took lessons you know throughout middle school high school Mm -hmm. um and uh we had a great like youth symphony in in the area in grand Mm -hmm. rapids uh so it's definitely serious about that um and the family band was still a big a big thing you know we played we played a lot of we played i don't know i think at one point we were doing like 70 dates a year or wow. something it was like pretty busy with all of that uh yeah child labor i i know right that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a you know, lot i mean
0: uh-huh. i mean i would think big richard how many dates do you do 70 maybe i
1: don't know i think we i think we were at um think we were at like 90 90 to 100 last year yeah yeah and and when I was a kid it was like you know we just played we just played like most weekends and then we would do a little no uh -uh. and then we would do like a week a year at uh Branson Missouri yeah you know we'd like play for their fall Mm. festival there so um but it was all just like little local stuff
0: and then you studied music in college
1: yep Uh uh-huh yeah, Where? so then I I went to a little school called Hope College. Where is that? Uh it's also in Holland. I like stayed close to home. Yeah. Uh at that point and Yeah, so I I went to Hope. Um I did violin performance music ed. Uh Yeah, it's a little it's a little school and I I don't think they're they're, it's a little liberal arts college in in holland they're really known for like their science department but they mm. had a great a great violin teacher mm. um and i think at that point i um you know i look back and sometimes i wish i'd like gone someplace further yeah. away uh for school and wish i'd like branched out a little bit earlier. Hmm. But I think that at that point it felt like I knew they had a great a good education department and they had a great violin professor and yeah just felt like it made sense. Did
0: yeah. you live at home?
1: I did. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So, how's your relationship with Hope now?
1: What's well, my relationship? Yeah. Um, do you go back a lot? Do you, are, no. are you burned out on it? No, I I don't really go back. Um and that's nothing against that's nothing against the school. I uh yeah I just don't really have i don't feel like I have a ton of reason to go back there yeah. um, i once I graduated college, i spent a few years touring with this group barrage um, mm. but it was like and then and then I moved out here, and yeah. I think I fell pretty quickly. I'd like stayed in my small town yeah. you know through middle school and high school, and I went there for college mm. and then. 'Cause it was all just very comfortable and it yeah. was all very natural and it like I said, I was just a small town, really religious. Yeah. So it all that all felt like right at the time. Mm-hmm. But the minute I stepped away from that, I um really felt like there was so much that I wanted to like kind of get out and see and do outside of outside of that world. And um I've been I, and so I just haven't, I just don't go back very often, yeah. I guess.
0: Do you go back to your hometown?
1: Maybe not, not too, uh, occasionally, yeah. So yeah. I guess yeah. I, I've gone back a handful of times because different groups that I've played with have performed at Hope, mm. which is, which has actually been, that's been really cool. Mm. Um, They built this like beautiful performing arts center, like after, after I left, of course. Mm. But, uh, I, I've like been back and I've performed there, mm. which is awesome, uh, And then the family band gets together once a year, uh, and we put on one show a year. uh, And so I go back most years for that. Um, so Holland has this festival called the Tulip Time Festival, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of the big tourist event of the year Mm -hmm. in Holland. There's a bunch of people that come in from all over the world for the Tulip Time Mm -hmm. Festival. Uh, there's a, a lot of Dutch culture yeah, in yeah. Holland. Yeah, I was guessing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So our family plays a show for Tulip Time every year.
0: Did you have a moment when the band broke up? You know, when you were like, you know, I might not be wanting to do this all the time anymore. <laughs> well,
1: I can do. I can. I can handle it once a year. Once you a know? year, I'll go yeah, back once <laughs> a year. We didn't. Uh, there were a few years over COVID where it. It didn't happen, uh, you know, obviously in 2020, yeah, um, and, and 2021, they canceled the festival. And then in 2022, I was supposed, we were supposed to play it, but I got, I got, I don't know if I came down with COVID. I never tested positive, but I got so sick that week that I, I didn't make it back. So yeah, yeah there were like three years and there where mm-hmm. we didn't have any gigs, Yeah, but yeah. So I, it, it's, I don't, I don't think that we really don't, we really don't play together often anymore, but we're still like a family and this is a way that we connect, I guess. So. But
0: was there a time when, uh, um, some of you might've wanted to, you know, continue and just keep going further with that band and you were like, I think maybe not.
1: No, I don't think that that was ever really in the cards for us. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, We, we're not quite to the level of the those like family bands that all load like the up totals, in the bus together stuff and like that. yeah and go on tour. That we, uh, I think, balanced it kind of well with a normal, yeah. <laughs> normal yeah. childhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh.
0: Um, so you finished college. Yeah. And it sounds like you knew you wanted to get the hell out of out of town. You wanted to go find find yourself.
1: Yeah, that- I um. Yes. I grew up, um, well, I, so I think the, the first kind of foray into the larger world was, um, happened like the year before my senior year of college. I worked at a dude ranch in Wyoming, which is funny because I guess it's still very small and isolated, but it's, uh, far from <laughs> it's far from home. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at a, at a dude ranch up in Wyoming, um, and just kind of fell in love with being out West and fell in mm-hmm. love with, um, meeting just like different types of people, I guess, yeah. you know, cause we'd have yeah. guests come in, come in and out all summer. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I worked there the, my senior year, or during college and then immediately after college. And it was at that point, I think, that I was like, I really have to do something different. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't just get a teaching job in West Michigan and and stay there and and live that life. Um, So while I was out there, or maybe it was during my senior year of college, there was this group called Barrage, that mm. was, like, a classical crossover group that I'd listened to as, like, a little kid.
0: What's the crossover? Classical and bluegrass?
1: No, classical. It's all, they call it classical crossover, but um, we did, I mean, we did, like, pop covers. Oh, And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, like, yeah. world, quotation marks, like, world music, uh-huh. you know? Um, so I auditioned for that my senior year of college, and I got that job. So that was like a really awesome experience for me at that at that point because we were I was probably gone 10 months a year touring we like mm-hmm. toured really wow. heavily internationally and like through the states and like just North America um so yeah that was That's a lot. I mean, that's a big yeah. change
0: from just being from a small town all of a sudden you did you go um to Europe too? Mm-hmm
1: yep um yeah wow yeah we played we actually played in the netherlands a lot which is funny um and then a
0: lot of tulips there a lot of tulips there too yep
1: uh i'd walk into a few tourist shops and i was like i these are all the same knickknacks that we sell at home um so we spent some time in the netherlands in germany france and i think that's it um so yeah i played with them for two years we toured we toured a lot um, yeah, we, we played a lot of like, there's a lot of theaters and like great performance series was mm. kind of our thing. And then we also did a lot of educational outreach stuff. Yeah. So a lot of working with students. Um, but yeah. And you were a lot playing of
0: really- in the, like in the little bars that me and Brad played in, in Belgium and,
1: and, <laughs> in Holland, uh-huh. you know,
0: with a wooden stage and everybody uh, smashing their beers together. <laughs> no, that sounds, that sounds fun, <laughs> yeah. though, honestly. That, yeah.
1: that sounds great. Touring in the Netherlands was especially, like, the scene that we were in, which was mm-hmm. a, mostly, like, you know, seated mm-hmm. theaters. Yeah. Um, they're so reserved. Mm. You know, they would all, all just sit there. Yeah. And appreciate. You know, a very, a very gentle, nice little Mm -hmm. applause. Um, yeah, so it was fun being there, but, but it was definitely not rowdy at all. Very, (laughs) very reserved. Um, they're so honest though, too. We did a, we did a cover of this, uh, Dutch song. I don't, Von Dachis Road, I think it's called, um, and people would come up to us and they'd be like, you're Dutch, your pronunciation is so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, I I know. <laughs> Where were you living so at that honest. time?
0: At Michigan Where still? was I living? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, technically I guess I still lived with my parents. Yeah. I was just gone most of the time. Right. right. So I'd, I'd go home maybe for a week like every few months and, mm. you know, unpack and repack and, mm. and then leave again.
0: And then there must have been a point when you decided I got to go to Colorado (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. so the the barrage touring days for me came to an end Um, yeah and I had a few months where I was pretty uncertain about what my future would Mm -hmm. look like I went back to Michigan for a little while and then I I didn't know what I didn't know what to do next Mm -hmm. I um, applied for a bunch of jobs like in Michigan and elsewhere um, I went back to Wyoming for a while and mm. worked there for a few weeks or a little, a little bit of that summer season. Um, and I drove to Nashville. Um, cause I was like, maybe I'll move to Nashville. I had a bunch of friends out there. Mm. Um, but I was there during, oh, what's the country music festival called? Uh, oh gosh. There's a big country. Um, I, I showed up that week and I was yeah, just I like, I can't do this. I don't. I actually don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. And then I um, got a job in Colorado. So teaching. I to, yep. Teaching. Where? Um. In Wheat Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. At a Waldorf charter school. Wow. There. Uh huh.
0: Did you live in Denver?
1: I lived. I lived. I've lived a few places around here. Um. I lived in Park Hill for a while, mm-hmm. and then I moved up to Lyons for a few months. Um, I really loved being up there. Yeah, yeah. And then I currently live in um, Arvada.
0: Was Lions where you uh, uh, became a part of the music community?
1: No, that happened when I when I first moved out here. Um, I uh, I didn't I didn't know really anybody when I moved out to Colorado Mm -hmm. and I didn't have any intention of like playing music even I didn't know I wasn't a part of like the bluegrass scene Mm -hmm. at all I didn't know Rocky Grass existed or any of the like
0: did you know any of that music were you exposed to that
1: um I mean not not really I like I grew up playing like fiddle tunes in the family band but we did like a lot of contra dances yeah which is Was sort of our gig um but i had like a a book of fiddle tunes like the portland collection and so Mm -hmm. we just read out of fiddle tunes out of that book so i knew i knew a lot of a lot of tunes but i hadn't really learned anything in like the authentic like tradition Mm -hmm. i guess um so i moved out here and i was like i know like sure i've like listened to alison krauss i know Mm -hmm. I know bluegrass exists, um, mm. and so I just didn't know anybody, and I was kind of desperate to like make some friends and meet some folks. And so, I went to uh, I went to some I just like found online some like bluegrass picks. Yeah, you know, there's like a pretty there was a pretty active like scene. Which ones down did there? You go to? Uh, so the first one I went to was the Bear Brewery. There's like Where's a that? pick hosted by um, I think Luke Blazer hosted it mm-hmm. and Bear. At Bear Brewery. Where's that? Oh my God, I don't even remember. Uh, it's in Denver, someplace. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. ones
0: I know about are like at the Jamestown Merc or the Stage Stop, which isn't around okay. anymore, and stuff like that. Uh huh. So it's good to know that there are Bluegrass Picks in Denver. I didn't yeah, even know I don't
1: think that one. I don't think that one's happening anymore. Yeah. Um, so I went there uh, again, just to like me to try to get tap into some sort of like community out yeah. here. Um, and I was there, and someone was like all the all the young hot pickers play it cerebral. You should check that out and I was like, Okay, cool and so i I went to that one pretty soon after, also um but man, I just remember it was like my turn to like call a tune, and I just didn't know like the the repertoire the ones I that everybody the ones know. that everybody yeah. knows, yeah, and so I just like tried to call it like a few, a handful of tunes and everyone's like, I don't know what <laughs> that is And I, I gave up and I just like, you know, sat in and, and played along and made a little list of tunes to learn, and, yeah. you know, figured out, figured out the stuff that people, people would call and, and play around here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whole like jamming, picking etiquette thing is such a, is such a thing too, that uh, you have to know the language and know how it works and just figure that out but that you know everyone was like super nice and welcoming and yeah it was a fun community to kind of tap into Mm. and then
0: i'm assuming that the people were like you're really fucking good we want you to be we want you to play with us
1: yeah uh i man i'm so yeah i'm so grateful to some of the first folks who had me play with them too just Mm. to um because i'd like improvised before Mm. but not Uh, not that, like, not as, not as extensively as I like really needed to. Um, so yeah, I started playing with this band called the Lonesome Days. Yeah. Pretty soon after I moved out here. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, Mm -hmm. Johnny was at some of those, those picks and, uh, asked me to start playing, playing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so that was great. We played, we played a lot, uh, that like first year or two, I was out here before, before the pandemic hit. Um, and we did, like, a little tour with Yonder, and mm. yeah, so it was a lot of fun, like, kind of getting my feet wet in bluegrass, playing with them.
0: Yeah, well, I remember being in Gas Pops, and Brad was was playing with Lonesome Days.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and right.
0: yeah, and then at one point, I think um, he just got way too busy, yeah. so uh, was Matt Cantor playing with you guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I remember Brad just being, I mean, Brad's incredible. So, yeah. of course, everyone wants to play with yeah, Brad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot. Do you play, you play with the Gas Pops still?
0: Once in a while. Okay. Like when Kevin is, is not around. Okay. Um, you know, but I just have um, a kid and like four or five jobs. Uh-huh. So um, I play music part-time, uh uh-huh. you know, I guess. Me and Clay play as a duo a lot. It's easy because we don't, like, go on the road yeah. or anything like that, yeah. you know. But totally. Lonesome Days was great. I'm sure is great. Is it still even... I'm, I'm not...
1: Yeah, we play... We played a handful of times the last, like, year or two. But mm-hmm. it's been a lot of private events. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't... We played, like, I think one more public show like I think it was at Park and Parker for like a Mm -hmm. just a summer concert series that they have down there but then other than that it's been a lot of private events yeah Uh uh-huh
0: who do you play with besides Big Richard
1: um it's mostly Big Richard at this point we're on Um, the road a lot we're on the road a lot yeah and I was like leading up into this I was I was working full time mm. as a teacher I quit my teaching job wow. to pursue the big Richard yeah. moment that we were having that we're having um, what yeah. was that
0: decision like
1: um you know it was
0: sounds like you went down the wrong path
1: it went down the <laughs> wrong path yeah I just yeah <laughs> truly no I uh I it was it was cha- it was a challenging decision to make just because, you know, stepping away from the stability yeah. of a job and health insurance and a salary, yeah. um, is is hard. Um, and I it's a great it's a great little community there. Mm. Um, you know, I really loved my students, and I was building a great program. Um, and and at a Waldorf school, they're just so supportive of the arts mm. that I just felt like I had a lot of room to like try fun things. And like, Mm. I was really supported by the community there. Um, The orchestra program was like a really important part of it. Um, And so I, you know, cared a lot about about that program and the school Mm. and my students. Um, But at the same time, I'd been doing it for about five years. Um, It was really challenging teaching through the pandemic, especially Mm -hmm. teaching orchestra, I think. I mean, all, every teacher, I think, had had a tough time, um, but trying to teach my subject remotely yeah. was hard. Um, and then coming out of the pandemic was definitely challenging, also being a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I, I was I was feeling a little burnt out on it. Mm. Um, and also being a charter school teacher in Jeffco. You pretty much get paid the least amount mm. possible yeah. um, out of like any <laughs> any school district in the country. It feels like so.
0: So that made the decision. Easier. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. yeah. So sh- I was stepping away from some stability, but it that like my you know money and salary and everything wasn't the thing keeping me at the school. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I've heard that you don't get um, enough credit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the one who was asked about there was like a female festival or no, 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 sorry. There was a festival and there was no, there were no female acts and you were asked, Hey, can you put a band together?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah. For that first gig we played, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a little festival, uh, that's just I played there with the Lonesome Days a handful of times, mm-hmm. and it's a really sweet little fest. It's a really sweet festival um, that I've been to a bunch, and so yeah, they just reached out to me and asked me to put together a group of ladies mm-hmm. to play. Um, and Emma had talked about this lineup before. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, that would be a fun a fun band to play together. Uh, so when they reached out to me. I was like, this could be, like, a great chance just mm. to put that group together yeah. for for fun and just, like, play a show together because it, it felt like a fun mix of, like, old-timey and Billie bluegrass and, and Billie Eilish. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and just, like, a fun group of people and a good hang and a lot of really powerful, like, musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It it and it, it just happened at a really opportune time, I think, because everyone was free. It was in yeah. May of or March of twenty twenty one. Well yeah. it's
0: amazing that that you know that the thought of, of those four women had yeah. been in the air. Yeah. And then not only did you get the opportunity, but you were all available and in. Right. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: it was just very serendipitous. We were all we were all free. We all had the bandwidth for it and the time and and I think everyone at that point was just really kind of desperate and itching to like play some music yeah. together too. I know I didn't, I set my violin down for a really long time um, mm. during COVID for like, I, I hardly played at all for 2020 and a lot of mm. 2021. Um, I just spent a lot of time outside hiking yeah. 14ers and yeah, yeah. and yeah, running around in the mountains.
0: Do you take your violin up 14 years?
1: Um, I haven't. I know Joy... She uh, takes her cello. Takes her cello. Ridiculous. I know, and so we've talked about it uh, about doing a doing a hike and taking yeah. our instruments up in. Because if she can carry the cello up there, I can definitely carry a yeah. fiddle up. Well, if she
0: can carry her cello, she can probably also take the violin. Totally, so you exactly. Don't need to take I'm anything. like, what's another? Like it's yeah. like two pounds. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll I'll let her know that. Uh, <laughs>
0: Who came up with the name Big Richard?
1: Um. So we were originally the Spirit Dicks of the Rocky Mountains. Oh yes, yeah. is that what
0: you build yourself as for that first one? For that first one, yeah.
1: well, we were we were first like the late like the Ladies of Bluegrass. That's mm. just the name we threw out, and then we got together and actually, it, it took a little while to get a rehearsal together because everyone we were trying to rehearse outside because it was still pretty intense right, at right. that point, point. Um, and then it kept. We kept having snowstorms, and then people kept having COVID exposures. Mm -hmm. So we just were, like, playing it really safe. Um, And we got together the first time, and we just had, like, a really awesome time as a group. And I think it was there that we decided that we should be called, we were going to call ourselves the Spirit Dicks (laughs) of the Rocky Mountains, which is, you know, problematic and not a name that we can really, would want to, like, actually... It was like a little joke, yeah, just a one-off thing. Like, oh, we're a group of ladies in a sea of men um, (laughs) with a lot of like big dick energy. Mm. Um, So then, after those first shows, when things felt really, really good, and we it got like a lot of attention and a lot of buzz sort of right away, and we decided we wanted to keep playing. I I think it was Bonnie's husband Taylor who came up with Big Richard. We wanted something that still sort of captured that energy, but just you know went over the right heads. That's perfect, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit in a minute. But I know you got to go up to Fort Collins, so I'm looking at the clock. Oh, I yeah, don't wanna, that's, I don't want to keep you here. All that's night. A,
1: no, it's good. <laughs> that's to actually to see. Um, uh, Joy has her other project, Salome Songbird, right? right and right, I've right. been really wanting to, yeah, I've like heard little clips. Of yeah. them, like just on social media, and it yeah, sounds, it's really good. It sounds so good, but yeah. every time they've played, I've had like a commitment, yeah, or I've been traveling, or I just haven't been able to sh- to go. So, yeah. I would, I'm hoping to catch catch their show tonight.
0: I also want to see her. She has like a metal project. It's like
1: oh yeah, heavy metal um, bluegrass. Half Pelican with her husband. Yeah, I actually yeah, played yeah. Uh, I played a gig. It was me and Joy, and then I think Sean. Um, Sean Macaulay, oh, I can't remember his last name. He was playing drums. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I like filled in for Andy. It was mm-hmm. so fun. We just it was around St. Patrick's Day, so we did a lot of like Irish tunes. Yeah. But I borrowed Andy's electric fiddle and pedal board, nice. and Joy had her electric cello, and we just. It's, oh yeah, it's so fun. Nice. You should catch. You should catch that one too. Yeah, yeah. Her and Andy do that.
0: Okay, so this is the. Really stupid question that I ask Uh everybody. If you were stranded in a remote Colorado cabin in the event of a zombie apocalypse, and you had nothing but food, water, and (laughs) a crank-powered Victrola, Uh what five albums did you
1: bring? Um, Adam, I hated this question. (laughs) I I think it's because there's just so much to listen to. So my mind will change tomorrow. You know. Yeah. Um, and so this is today's list. Okay. This is yeah. today's list yeah. of albums. That's the only thing that exists. Which will be different than tomorrow's list of albums, which will be yeah. so different probably than the list of albums in a year or two. Yeah. Um, uh, so do you want all of them? All someone? of them. Let's do okay. it.
0: Rapid fire.
1: So this is in no particular order. Um, probably Carrie and Lowell, Supion Stevens. Oh somewhere in the desert there's a forest and an acre before us but i don't know where to begin but i don't know where to begin again i lost my strength completely oh be near me yeah that one um, because it's cloudy outside yeah, right now, yeah. and I feel nostalgic and mm-hmm. a little sad and melancholy. Yeah. You know. When did
0: you get turned on to him?
1: Um, Stephen Stevens was the first like show that I ever went to. Um. You know, I grew up going to a lot of like, sort of, fiddly things mm-hmm. and and like, you know, the classical music world. Like we were involved in that. But um, when I was 18, like my freshman year of college, that's like the first time I went to a, a show, which I was a little late, Like a rock but, concert. Well, I don't know if I'd call this like a rock concert. Compared but, to, what, <laughs> compared to you know, what I was yeah. used to. My first show where I st- like stood up and listened to yeah. music with people my own age. <laughs> yeah. You're like,
0: people are standing, wow. this is crazy.
1: Wow, there's other like people my age, it's not just all, you know, seniors. Um,
0: and it stuck yeah. with you.
1: Yeah, um, mm. and, yeah, I guess that music is just, well, actually, so Sufjan, he went to Hope College also. Oh, yeah? Something like that, that part. So defi- people definitely, like, listen to his music in Michigan, and obviously other places also. But something about it just feels, like, really reminiscent of, like, how mm. Michigan feels yeah. to me, I guess. Well, that would like,
0: be good with the zombies at your door. You think of home. I know. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think of home while I'm stuck in, yeah. stuck in a
1: cabin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Number two, um, Jacob Collier, Jesse, Volume Three.
0: I don't know this. You gotta tell me about it.
1: Okay, um, it was up for Album of the Year, like really, a year or two ago. I'm not. But then uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift won <sighs> instead, which is fine and more f- power to Taylor Swift.
0: It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what does it sound like?
1: Um. Oh, I don't even know. It sounds like an alien. Hmm. Um. Took human form and listened to some funk and listened mm. to I don't yeah. Some electronic music and Fire up shot,
0: gonna hit the Come alive, come alive, keep it up eyes, humanize Give a ah. stabilize, revolutionize, so that would give you some solace and peace in the um, apocalypse. No,
1: I don't think it would give me solace and peace. I think that in the event that aliens like show up, mm-hmm. I could be like, "Hey,
0: take me with you." Check this out. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know. I feel like I could use yeah. it for uh, some sort of bartering, bargaining power, yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's great. Um, and also, it's just—it's really like. I think I could. I I don't I don't necessarily put it on for solace and peace, but it's like it's very like busy and yeah. active and just like interesting hmm. and really like I guess sort of I don't know maybe like intellectual way. I yeah, it's just like I feel like I could listen to it a bunch and still find interesting stuff to like pick out. I'm excited yeah. to check it out later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Great. Okay. Number
1: three. Um. Hell Among the Yearlings Gillian Welch oh yeah yeah my yeah. husband <laughs>
0: was she a big influence on your band and on you in, uh,
1: No, in I Again, I'm like being more like a little more new to this yeah. like the f- bluegrass and folk world. I didn't listen to any Gillian Welch until like, you know, the last few years. Yeah. Um well, But you guys ga-
0: huh? do at least one of her songs. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So right? I definitely would yeah. say it's a big influence now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um and on Big Richard, we we to a few Gillian Welch songs yeah. um but I just yeah I feel like that album the songs are so good they're yeah. so what that's a horrible descriptor but <laughs> <laughs> <It's very> accurate, <laughs> they're so though. like they're so powerful and mm. like the stories in them feel um I don't know are yeah it's just it's really powerful and I just feel like I listen to those songs Caleb over Meyer is,
0: is a Guillain-Marie yep. song? Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's haunting and it's it's these narratives that just completely draw you in from the second. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, number four.
1: Um, okay, this is where I started really debating between a few different albums. Um, I had to just like throw some classical music yeah. onto this. Um, and one of my favorite like, symphonic pieces has always been Scheherazade, Rimsky-Korsakov. Um, the orchestration, it's just so, so, like, lush and beautiful, Mm. and, yeah, I just love, like, Rimsky-Korsakov, his, how he orchestrates stuff, Mm. um, and the melodies are so, like, so beautiful, So Scheherazade, and it, it tells the story of uh, Scheherazade who, um, oh my gosh, how does it go? Basically, each each little, each movement is like a different story mm. that Scheherazade told the sultan to stay alive for one more night. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a hundred, what's, oh my gosh, I should have refreshed on this before I, before I showed up today, but, um, you know, it's like a hundred, I think a hundred nights or something and, and like the legend goes and you know Scheherazade has to tell it tell a story to the Sultan mm, every night so that right. she can like survive until morning and keep him interested until night after night after night um and so this piece of music is like an orchestral version of that of that sto- of that legend
0: wow i'm gonna yeah. have to listen to this yeah um Maybe the zombie apocalypse will last a hundred nights and this'll be like very apt maybe, yeah. You there know? aren't quite yeah. actually
1: a hundred movements, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Um, and then Fifth and Final. Fifth and final is a cocktail album. Um, formations. <laughs> About I just this. love those fiddle tunes, those tunes that they wrote. Um, yeah, I love I love instrumental music, obviously. Um, and Brittany Haas's fiddle playing is just so good. And so I put this one down because I love the music, and then I also put it down because it's like I could just I could learn all the. If I was stuck in an apocalypse cabin, yeah, I want I want something to learn. I want something to yeah. think about. So I I would like you know, love to learn and play those tunes and,
0: yeah. Well, everyone's allowed to bring one item so it sounds like you would bring your fiddle. Oh, one
1: item? Um, I th- yeah, I guess so. I guess I'd bring, I guess I'd bring my fiddle. I'd have to think about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> have you heard the Tyler Childers oh, yeah. fiddle album?
1: Uh-huh. It's actually, yeah.
0: like, he learned, I don't know if he learned in order mm-hmm. to Make that album, but it's amazing, you know, when, when somebody is uh, not known for an instrument and they say, here's my album where mm-hmm. I play that instrument,
1: and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Tyler Childers' albums were, like, contenders yeah. for this also. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Tyler Tyler's awesome. I, um, It's been cool being able to see him um, live just at some of these festivals. Yeah. He, like... He never, he doesn't like phone it in at all. Never. He's there no. and he's uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, he's preaching up there. He's, yeah, such a powerful performer, which is funny because I, I think I've heard folks talk about how they feel like he doesn't have like the stage presence necessarily that they would expect.
0: He uses his hands a lot, but, but he doesn't like move his body around. No.
1: And it's no. just, I think that's what I really appreciate about it too. He's not, it feels so like authentic yeah, and genuine. Yeah.
0: He always sounds like he's gonna lose his voice. It's like, how do you keep singing yeah. like that and not lose your voice? Yeah,
1: he's not like putting on a putting on a show. He's just, yeah, he's just like giving it everything and singing his songs. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: So, I heard that you know, okay, this is the fast forward part. So, mm-hmm. you, um, as Big Richard, you know, you guys had s- such a, a impact so quickly and so such an amazing response not not just in Colorado mm-hmm. but then these videos um, the one where Joy is singing a greasy coat uh-huh. and you're in a studio maybe it was in Longmont or Lafayette or something
1: uh-huh.
0: I mean it seems to me that uh, talent buyers saw these around the country and just said we want we want this band
1: uh-huh.
0: and um you didn't have an album. You mm-hmm. still don't have an album. Mm-mm. You have a great live album. I listen to it with my kid a lot and it's incredible. Um but um I've heard that you're writing fiddle tunes for the for the album.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How um, many? How many? Yeah. Oh. I guess I don't know how it'll all break down yeah. exactly. Um because I think the like the vocals and the harmonies are like uh such a huge and powerful part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've probably written like five or six yeah. tunes that we're we're working in yeah. at this point. A few new ones, but right now, and do
0: you know that there will be instrumental yeah. songs oh, yeah. on the record? Okay. Definitely, great.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, so I've got a few. I've got a few tunes that we've worked up, and then a few new ones we're we're working in. And Joy's written some really beautiful instrumentals also that wow. um at Side canyon's one of them that's on the Live from Ride yeah, album yeah, she'd yeah, written yeah. that before we got together as a band and so we performed that one at Telluride mm-hmm. um yeah so there's a handful of instrumentals because you know I I think the, vo- the vocals are a huge part of what we do but we also all come from like backgrounds that and, and the whole tradition I guess is like fiddle tunes are Mm. Are are big and and all of it, but Joy and I come from classical classical backgrounds, and so yeah. I think love just instrumentals, yeah.
0: What's it like to have such success and and play you know these major festivals and and then you know you're doing great playing clubs and theaters around the country, but to not have an album yet and and um. Ma- Make an album when you already have a, a following
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: make a debut album when yeah. you already have a following
1: it it definitely feels like there's some pressure yeah on that um, i think when when people show up to these festivals we have we have the live from tell your Ride album um but we that that has a few originals on it, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of a lot of covers because we were just we were so new as a band at that point um and so every time we show up and we we play a festival i know it's going to be like the first time that they're that people are hearing a lot of Mm -hmm. the original songs that we have um and so it's really exciting to to play these places and and see them really buy in Mm -hmm. and really appreciate those songs um Cause I think, I think there was a little bit of, like, it it felt musically really powerful, Mm. but initially when we first got a lot of momentum, we were like, what's, what's our sound? You know, we're playing a really, a lot of, a lot of good music that's existed already, Yeah, you know? So what are like, what do we create together? Mm. Like what, what songs are we going to write? Um... And so I think if you know it was a little nerve wracking to mm-hmm. like step up to that and and hopefully write write music that still grabs people, um, and I think I think it has in a lot of the the festivals that we've played, mm-hmm. um, but yeah we'll just see how people respond to to an album.
0: Yeah, well I mean. Yeah. Um, I said hi to you all backstage at Rocky Grass right before you went on stage.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, um, you know, you came out and did some covers. You did a Fleetwood Mac song, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, you threw in originals that I'd never heard and, and hopefully will be on the album. And the uh-huh. response was amazing because the songs were great. They were just as good as everything else you Oh, were doing.
1: thanks. Yeah, yeah Rocky... Rocky Grass felt really special. Um, it felt so good. Like the energy there was just so, so good. People were like sitting and listening, mm. like so. It felt like it felt like everyone was like really engaged and really intently listening, which was cool. And then we got to those last two, and we did um, Greasy Coat and. Mm. Fleetwood Mac cover, yeah, and it just felt like it just like bubbled over, and all of this like pent up energy that people had been holding on to the whole set, just you know, everyone got up and danced, and
0: and then Sam Bush came on and he played like a almost like a gas pops type set. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, it was Uh really. I wasn't expecting that. It Uh was really rocking. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Has your mind been blown like? Uh, ever since he moved to Colorado and especially in the last couple of years, you know, just uh, being turned on the music that if you had stayed uh, <laughs> like graduating from hope and, and then getting a teaching job in Michigan, maybe you, you wouldn't have been
1: exposed Oh, it to. would be, yeah. Oh my gosh. My life would look so different. I think I'd be, I think i would be a really different person. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the last, I moved out here about five years ago and I think, or five or six, and I think, um, yeah, the last, like, six years have just brought a lot of personal change, Um, Um, stepping away from that really, like, small-town religious mm -hmm. life. Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, I just, I, I don't think I realized that there was music out there, and like the instrument that I play, you know, fiddle, there's like i, I came out here and 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 there's such a active scene, mm-hmm. you know, there were like so many people my age playing music, yeah, that I felt like I could tap into and and relate to, and there's people who are stoked about going to shows, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um that's just like wasn't wasn't a thing that i had I had really experienced mm-hmm. like until I moved out here, yeah, you know.
0: It's amazing how Big Richard also is turning bluegrass on its head, too, because one of the reasons I never liked it is I I come definitely from a punk rock
1: Uh
0: background. And uh, the idea that you're supposed to play certain songs, like if you're a bluegrass band, you have to play Mm -hmm. these songs. And, you know, to hear a Radiohead song or a Fleetwood Mac song or a Billie Eilish song is so refreshing. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds so small when you come from other scenes, that sounds like a very small thing to do, but it's actually like very rebellious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I know I really like appreciate that too. Cause I like, I don't really feel like a bluegrass Mm -hmm. musician. I don't feel like I'm really a bluegrass fiddle player um there's just such a distinct like sound to that yeah you know and sort of like licks and solos and like yeah sort of what people gravitate towards and and that's never really what i i really like appreciate it when i hear like really awesome like bluegrass fiddle players yeah. but i don't yeah i don't really i don't even i know we're, and we're playing a lot of bluegrass festivals but and we do, and we do a few like bluegrass, more bluegrassy sort of songs, but I I don't really feel like we're a, a bluegrass band. Um yeah. which is great for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm not like, I don't really this isn't like really how I play the fiddle. Yeah. Um but and and just in the instrumentation and everything too. I mean it's like cello mandolin fiddle bass, you know, mm. we don't have a guitar, we don't have a banjo, we don't we don't have that that sound. Um so it's been really cool to still like be a part of these festivals um but like bring something a little bit a little bit different. Mm-hmm.
0: What's yeah. it like to be the only one not singing?
1: Um what's it like? Yeah. It's uh I mean, okay, I sing harmony sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm lead. not yeah. I'm not a lead singer. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. sometimes I'm like, wow, that looks that looks fun that looks like a really cool way to like express yourself and mm. um and I yeah I but I just don't I just I'm not much of a singer you know mm. I I didn't grow up singing I just am pretty happy playing fiddle that's my voice
0: <laughs> you feel free
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah, Uh uh-huh.
0: Well, is there a difference, like, when you're about to take the stage at Rocky Grass and there are 10,000 people or something there Mm -hmm. or more, is there a a difference? As a drummer, I feel when everyone is going out, it's like I'm supposed to be holding it down and having fun, Mm. but then there's the person who's, you know, whether it's the the clay rose or the, the joy or, or Bonnie the like the person who is- actually conveying the song to everybody mm-hmm. is there a little less pressure
1: I think so yeah. yeah i um I'm so down to be on stage in front of ten thousand people or whatever mm-hmm. if I'm playing the fiddle, but I have so much stage fright if I have to yeah. open my mouth <laughs> and say anything. Yeah. Um so thankfully in this in this band we have some powerful personalities. Yes. Yeah. and I get to play a different role. That doesn't I you know, that doesn't have to like be that vocal, yeah. Um,
0: but you feel comfortable engaging in the banter because the banter is like so much of what's great about. I'll like jump rich. in, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. I'll jump in sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but yeah, I yeah.
0: Well, I'm so thankful that you stopped by, and uh, I um, I can't wait to hear the album if it comes out in. Three months or six months or
1: uh-huh. whatever,
0: and yeah. everybody's really excited. Oh, thanks. No, you know, and, um, you know, you went down the right path, just so you oh, know. Oh, no, thank you. You yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Have a great night, and if it's, it might even snow tonight or oh, really? something, so, you know. Oh, wow. Drive safe. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yeah. I'll
0: give you another hour, then. Gotta run, gotta fly away Leave you to fall Leave you to stuff your flowers That was Eve Panning of Big Richard and me talking about the band's meteoric rise as a touring success all over the country the last couple years and their upcoming debut album. Um, if you're in Colorado, you can see Big Richard a lot. Um... And I also hope to see you at my event uh, next Friday night, November 10th, at Spirit Hound Distillers and Lions for the live recording of the last episode of Mile High Stash for the foreseeable future featuring the, the awesome Taylor Sims of Everybody Loves an Outlaw and the Bonnie and Taylor Sims band. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next Monday as usual be sure to leave a review on apple podcasts if you can that really helps the show and also if you ever want to donate you can go to stash.com or you can just hit me up adamice9 on venmo have a great week y'all
1: so you want to rise above duality you want to transcend day and night I. Yes, I'm old fashioned, I just don't share your passion for ever changing eternal twilight.